freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is a very special bonus episode. We'll get to our special guest in just one second, but let me bring in Kyle Porter, KP. Welcome, bud. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I, I'm. I'm. I. I feel like I wrote like five thousand words this morning. There's just so much going on in golf, and I can't. I can't keep up with it all. And now we've got. We've got something else to talk about today. So it's. It's. It's fun. It's. It's a ton of fun, and I'm excited about it. They're getting younger. They're getting better. We're going to talk to a young, very good one right now. Cole Hammer, senior at the University of Texas. Cole, welcome, man. Appreciate you hopping on. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, Kyle, 5,000 words is a lot on a Monday morning. And it I'm was, yeah. You're not going to be able to write more than a thousand words about me that's for sure <laughs> this feels like a good intersection kyle of like you writing a lot of words and like a college student writing a lot of words like there's a good venn diagram for you two right now on on writing words for sure the difference i think is that i actually want to write the words that yeah, I wrote and, and cole probably does not want to write the words that he's writing uh no it's it's fun though i you know obviously we talked a ton about hoagie and spieth and um, the Saudi internet. I mean, there's, just, there's, there's so much going on. Um, how, the one question I had for you, Cole, is just how deep you are into all this stuff. Cause obviously Rick and I, we love it, but it's also our job to like be deep into it, to know like as much as we can possibly know to be on data golf all the time. Um, how, how much are you into it? Are you, or is it like not healthy for you as a player to like be kind of deep in that world? I would say I am more deep than most uh, of my peers. I'm now I'm, I'm not hopping in on the data analytics and um, looking at data golf and stuff like that. But uh, I I know what's going on week to week. Uh, I kind of know the backstories behind each player. There's there's almost never a time when uh, a player pops up on the screen and I don't know their backstory. So uh, yeah, I would say I follow it pretty closely. And uh, I don't I didn't miss a shot yesterday. I love that. That's so that's so cool. I mean, Tom, Tom Hoagie also yeah. didn't miss a shot yesterday on the back <laughs> nine. So <laughs> he was locked in. Uh Cole, I feel like we have been uh with you and our presence in the ether for a long time, right? It's it's the Walker Cups, it's the Arnold Palmer Cup, it's the the Junior Presidents Cup, it's what four four years at at Texas. Like it feels like you've been playing a very high level of golf for a very long time. Do you feel that way? I, I definitely do. And uh, I've been lucky enough to play in, in tournaments representing my country and uh, playing golf at the high level. And I think that all kind of got kickstarted when I played in the U.S. Open in 2015. And I've just been exposed to, uh, I guess, the, the higher levels of, of golf. Uh, and I think it's helped me a lot. And, and I'm definitely ready for the next step because I've, I feel like I've, you know, been there and done that with the amateur game. And uh, while I've enjoyed it, I'm excited for the next step. Well, that so your first U.S. Open 2015 Chambers Bay, that was actually my first U.S. Open to cover uh, in, in this job. And I remember, what were you, 15, 14? 15. 15. I remember being out there and I, I, I saw you or I briefly like ran across you or whatever. And I was like, man, that, that guy, he, I mean, you were you were a soft, freshman in high school, sophomore in high school. You were just such a kid then. And I'm curious when you think about that version of you to now what's the biggest thing that has changed in terms of your game and how it's evolved it, there's no question that it's evolved um i think when i think back to it when i was 15 i i kind of realize now that 
I, I had no clue what I was doing. I had no clue what was going on. I, it was, it was like being in the middle of a circus and I was just, you know, part of the play essentially. And, um, you know, I think it was a great experience getting to meet a bunch of those guys. Uh, but as far as like helping my golf game, I don't think it did a whole lot um, other than just expose me uh, to the higher levels of the amateur game, which then kind of led me to uh, some of the success that I had. So, you know, I, I don't think it really um, formed me uh, as a player as much as it did just, you know, setting up experiences for me. The idea of you feeling like you didn't know anything then is that something that you hope to also feel in five years when you look back at your current self that you have no idea what you're doing i think i think there is some validity to that for sure uh, <laughs> but as we just talked about i i pay way too much attention to the game uh to not know what's going on and i feel like now that i've played in a few majors i'm i, I have a pretty good idea of of uh what the next step looks like and uh, everything that goes along with it. And I'm sure I'll learn more along the way, but yeah, I mean, if five years down the road, I'm, uh, you know, thinking back to when I was 22 and oblivious to, uh, I guess the road ahead, then that would not be a bad thing whatsoever. I heard, uh, so Tom Hoagie was actually talking yesterday about how his, when he first started out, he, he, his first uh, PGA tour event was like three events into his pro career. And he said the thing that stuck out to him was how not how good the good shots were, but how good the misses were. And I'm curious when because you you have crossover in both worlds. You're still playing college game, but you you've played with professionals a lot. What is the biggest difference you see in kind of the like the world that you're mostly in, which is college, versus the world that you're going to be in, which is uh, eventually PGA Tour? I think watching, just like Hoagie said, honestly, watching players manage their misses. Um, you know, most golf courses we play, even on the college level, there's, there's one side you can miss on and one side you really can't. And it seems like when I've played in the, on the bigger stages, the guys missing the right spots, uh, and, you know, kind of allow themselves to make no worse than a bogey, um, doubles really hurt. And, uh, you know, even if they do hit it on the wrong side, they're trying to limit the damage. And I think when, uh, I look at college golfers, uh, there's a propensity to play a little bit more like Phil Mickelson and be aggressive and um, kind of go for everything. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, you can make a lot of birdies that way, but I think the guys who are out there on tour um, who don't necessarily have the same talent level as Phil, for example, um, are able to sustain a, a career by, you know, limiting the damage and, um, you know, attacking when they need to versus just always being on the, I guess on the attack. Let's let's mine into that kind of connection between the PGA Tour and the college game right now because PGA Tour University is a program that's well, I think it might be in its second year. It's it's relatively new. Are are you aware of your current standings on on this leaderboard? By the way, right now, I am. I am for sure. I've been <laughs> okay. following. Week he said he he said he was deep, Rick. I, I I, that's not something that he wouldn't know. I don't. Think. All right, so he's currently ninth, ninth call on the PGA Tour U uh, leaderboard here, and this is this is kind of interesting, right? It's kind of a way for the tour to bridge the gap from some of the best college players that we have in our game to uh, uh, either the Corn Ferry Tour or another one of their in on international circuits. Is this something that you think is is good for the game? Is is an opportunity for? Um, our college best to kind of make a splash immediately? Well, I think it depends on who you talk to. Um, if 
from our perspective as college players, it's the greatest thing that's ever happened. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that in the NIL, right? Just, uh, you know, <laughs> launch onto the corn ferry uh, is huge. I mean, it's so yeah. hard to, ma- to make it through Q school. And, yeah. you know, in, in the past, guys have had to make that full journey. Uh, and with PGA Tour U, it's rewarding great college golf. Because um, in the past, you could be the best college golfer when every single tournament you played in. And then as soon as you pull the trigger for uh, to turn pro, I mean, you're back to square one. Um, and now that PJ tour is giving us kind of a launch pad, uh, to jump to the next level pretty quickly. And, you know, for us, that's a great thing. Um, but if, I think if you talk to some of the guys on, on tour, they might not look at it the same way, uh, just because they had to go through the, you know, the long, hard journey, um, versus us being able to, um, jump right out there. Um, but still it rewards great golf and I think it'll help grow the game and, um, keep kids in school, which is obviously a, uh, a huge factor. Yeah, I I think that's right. And I think you always see, I don't know, with change, there's always <clears throat> friction, especially from the old guard. And I, I, I think it's a great thing too. The thing, the, the guy that I was thinking about when you were talking earlier about having to manage your, yourself on the PGA Tour more was uh, was Victor Hovland because he, he has so much talent and then he gets out there and you're like, probably, sh- probably shouldn't be going for that pin, my <laughs> man. Like that's not, that's not one you should be going at. But like, in college, and, and my question is: Were were you on the set? Were you were you at Texas when him and Wolf were at OSU together? Yes, we uh, we I overlapped with them for a year. Okay, I mean, how crazy is it that like, I mean, that team had Ventura. They also had obviously Wolf and Hovland, uh, and then Austin Eckroat, who I think is in your class or is your grade and is now yeah. Eckroat's a year older than me. Um, they okay, had Hovland. Zach Boshu, uh, yep. Matt Wolf, and uh, Hayden Wood. That's right. And Boshu actually played in the the Saudi event last week. I saw. But how crazy is it that uh, that those guys were on the same team together, and now Hovland's th- number three in the world, and Wolf is number whatever thirty five in the world? I, I mean, what was that like competing against them there? It's wild. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they were obviously having incredible collegiate careers uh, when I first came out my freshman year. Um, you know, they were essentially winning every time they teed it up, it seemed like. Uh, and I guess that was a, um, it carried over to the pro game, that's for sure. And, but I think it almost uh, shows how good the competition level is in, in the college game. Uh, the top collegiate players are, are ready to go from the get-go. I know yeah. uh, that's something that, that uh, we talk about nowadays. Uh, but I, I think it really is true. Um, and, you know, Wolf, Hovland, Morikawa, um, even Justin Saw is coming into his own now, finally. I mean, our yeah. prime examples of that. And, uh, you know, I think to circle it all back to PGA Tour U, I think that's a, a good way to uh, to showcase it. Yeah. Why are college players more ready now? I mean, we talk about it all the time. I say it all the time. But from your perspective, why are college golfers more ready when they come out now? I think we almost have to be. Um, and I, and I really think it, uh, it comes back to one word and that's tiger. Uh, I think when, when he came out, uh, and dominated from the get go, uh, it inspired everybody to be able to do the same. Um, and, you know, I think as college kids, we, we get to watch these guys on TV compete on a daily basis now. And, um, you know, if we go to a tournament, we can kind of see how they, go about their day and how they compete. And so I think that gives us an idea of what 
goes into being successful um, early on. And so uh, watching them, being around them, um, and then just kind of letting yourself play uh, and play your own game is is a big factor in us just being able to go out there and, and succeed right away. My wife was actually asking me this morning if she was like, do you think Tiger would be a, a successful I don't know why we were talking about this, but do you think he would be as successful in 2022 if he was playing? I said, no, not, not really. But like, he also gets credit for having created all this, right? Like he get he, like he almost should get more credit for that than what he accomplished because to like shift an entire industry like that is just, it's remarkable. Uh, last one for me, Cole, is one thing that Rick and I talk about as former low level college baseball players is the guys that we either played with or against that we were like, Oh my gosh, like I, I can't do that. Like that, that's unbelievable. Who Who is the guy that you've played with or against that you, you were just kind of not even like as a whole player, but maybe one skill that they had that you were kind of in awe of. Well, I think huh, it's changed year to year. Um, as I've been in school when I was a freshman, uh, the way, Colin and and Wolf hit the ball was you know astronomically different than everybody else in college golf and and Hovland too, uh, but then now uh, now that I'm the old one, I've kind of been around the block a little bit and, and seen what it takes to be good. Uh, there's only there's really only a few guys uh, that seriously impress me, um, and I, I'm always impressed by ball striking. I think that's a great yeah. sign of success on the next level. Um, if you look at stats. You know, stroke scanned approach is just so important and putting the ball in the fairway is too. And um, I look at guys like uh, Eugenio Lopez, Eugenio Chikara, who just won in Hawaii last week. I mean, he just stripes the crap out of the ball, um, for lack of a better word. It's impressive. <laughs> uh, and, you know, Pearson Cootie, too, uh, hits it so well. There, there's just a lot of guys out there who, well, not a lot. There's guys out there who hit the ball. Their ball makes a different noise. Yeah. Wow. I imagine that it is ultra competitive in the college golf space right now. I imagine you're looking for any edge that you can get. I imagine nutrition is part of that as well. So kind of give us an idea of some of the things that you are uh, grinding on every day or things that are, are helping you play your best. Yeah. So um, not that I've struggled with uh, maintaining energy throughout the day, but uh, it's definitely something that I, I need to focus on because I'm not I'm always on the go. I'm playing a lot of golf, uh, all the time. I'm studying still in school. So I've got that to worry about. And, uh, I still, and I have to find time to work out as well. And, you know, while water and Pedialyte and whatever is great, uh, I, I kind of need some a little extra pick me up and, um, been drinking this, uh, drink called, uh, amino energy by optimum nutrition. And, uh, it is a, basically it's a, nutritional energy drink that uh i mean i've seen huge it's, it's paid huge dividends for me in, in my workouts and um not i don't take it before i uh, play it in competitive golf because i've got enough adrenaline pumping through my body but you know on a monday morning when i need a, a little extra kickstart i'll uh i'll drink one and it'll get me through the day and um definitely puts my uh mind where it needs to be I love it, man. That's awesome. Cole Hammer, we appreciate you very much for coming on. We're wishing you the best of luck moving forward. Sweet, guys. Thank you. All right. That'll do it for this episode of the First Cup Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.